Welcome to The Jig Is Up. My name is Darcy, and uh, I'm going solo ranting again tonight. So I wanted to uh, open up the show by saying a huge thanks to all of our Facebook uh, likers and followers um, and everybody that follows us on social media. Um, we did a contest to get up to 600 likes this week, and I gave it a five-day thing thinking, okay, well, you know, hopefully we get there in five days, and... You guys came through in, in spades, man. It was uh, it took only it took less than twenty four hours to get us up to six hundred likes on our Facebook page, so that's really awesome, guys. Uh, I want to say a huge congratulations to Diane Taylor, who was chosen out of all of the. I think it was ended up being about six hundred and one technically, but out of all the six hundred people, uh, she was her name was drawn as the winner of the blue Métis flag that we gave away. So congrats to her. And uh, hopefully we can have more contests like that coming through uh, in the future. Just a little bit of fun to have. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy that. So moving on to the show a bit more. Um, we had a name change on the uh, Métis Society Facebook group. Uh, and I explained this in my live video that I did about the contest. Um, I also explained why the name change but apparently it's been a bit of a, a sticking point for some people. They don't like the name change. And while I do appreciate everybody's feedback, and I do understand that, uh, you know, it, it's a change, and sometimes people are afraid of change, uh, but I wanted to let people know that a, a Facebook group on Facebook is a group to discuss things. Um I was the one, you know, me and Jason were the ones really moderating. We're the only admins that were on the Métis Society Facebook group. We were the ones running the show there. Um, and it just made sense for us to streamline that uh, into one single entity of the Jig is Up and connect the two. Simply because we do a lot of topics on this show and we end up posting these topics and the shows on that page. We end up discussing the topics of the show on that page. We end up getting ideas for topics for our recorded show, for the Tuesday night show, from that page. And so the two are tied together intricately anyway. Um, I honestly believe if, if for people that don't like the name change, if you stick around for a month, you're going to see that nothing has changed except the name. So I guess if you really don't like our podcast, then uh, you might not like the group being named that. Um but otherwise, nothing else has changed. It is still a Facebook group, which means it is still a discussion group. That is what Facebook groups are meant to do. Um, so that's that's that on that. Um, we have an official list of candidates out now for the Métis Nation of Alberta Association elections. Um, the official list dropped in the last couple of days, and... Um, there wasn't really any surprises. I mean, everybody, there was a lot of people that, uh, well, there was a few people that didn't, um, get the required, um, or jump through the loopholes and get the required information put, submitted. Um, so they weren't, didn't be, end up becoming official candidates. But at the end of the day, I think that, uh, you know, there wasn't any real big surprises there. Um, so it's not huge news. It's just actually technically the official list. Uh, I did notice, though, however, that the Lee Nouvelle, for those that aren't following, which is a fantastic Facebook page uh, to check out, you, absolutely phenomenal articles there, um, but the Lee Nouvelle is offering to post the campaign information for all the candidates in Alberta for free. 
So if you know a candidate or you have a candidate in your region and you want them to get their platform up, get their campaign information up, and get that stuff out there so that people can actually see what who they're voting for and what those people want to do and what they stand for, then maybe make a phone call or two and pressure these people into uh, sending Lee Nouvelle their information. Because I think, you know, the more... The more information we can get out there about these candidates, the better it will be for the members that do end up voting. And I hope, I really hope, that we can see a high voter turnout in this election uh, throughout the province. There is a lot at stake, I think, in this election for Métis Nation of Alberta members, and I think it's really important that we see a very high uptake in the in the voters, in the votes cast. Um so just make sure that uh, your candidate's getting their information to Lee Nouvelle. I think, um, you know, for those candidates that are campaigning on transparency and openness and uh, accountability, I think it's beholden onto them to, and it's maybe a good idea to start showing that transparency and get your campaign information to Lee Nouvelle. Get your contact info there so people know how to contact your your campaign headquarters and and get more information from you and things like that. And if you have signs or, or um, you know, literature that you want to hand out, get those to people so that they can see, you know, and, and they can get that information. And maybe they can even volunteer for your campaign. Who knows? Uh, but without that information, they can't contact you. So I would suggest all the candidates do that. I think it's a really great thing to do. Uh, kudos to the Lee Nouvelle for offering to, to do all that work and put that all on the way their Facebook page and stuff like that. So, uh, again, kudos to them. Uh, we'll keep watching this as the elections unfold. Um, we are hosting an event related to this election, which I will be talking about at the end of the show. Um, but I think after the uh, the 90th Annual General Assembly of the Métis Nation of Alberta Association, I think there will be a much more, um, much a lot, much more pressure on the candidates to really start campaigning hard. And so I'm hoping that when I do attend the Métis Nation of uh, annual general meeting, that I can maybe get a few minutes with some of the candidates and ask them a few questions and um, just get to know them a little bit but uh, and maybe have that on our podcast, the following podcast. So, so it's very exciting stuff. Uh, moving on from there, though, uh, there was also some other big news for Métis Nation of Alberta members. Uh the National Parks uh, through Parks Canada has opened, has signed an agreement to give uh, the Métis Nation of Alberta members access to the Open Doors Policy or Program or whatever the hell they call it. Um, basically, it's a program that allows Indigenous people free access to the park, and I, I'm assuming just allows them to not have to pay the entry fee or pay that whatever it is now ninety dollars for an, a parks pass. Now, this only applies to parks in Alberta. Um, and I think you have to show that you have some sort of connection to these parks in Alberta um, normally. But I think this agreement with the Métis Nation of Alberta gives access to all Métis Nation uh, members. Uh, so that's a great thing for the Métis people of Alberta that are members of the Métis Nation of Alberta. Uh, I think it's fantastic, and I'm totally uh, excited that you guys... that we're finally starting to see... Um, some some real I wouldn't I don't like to say benefits because these are very hard fought benefits but uh, I, it's nice to see some movement 
on certain fronts. And I think access to these parks, considering that Jasper was formed by kicking out Métis people, um, I think it's, you know, a small, small, small step uh, in the right direction. But it, it does beg the question, though, um, what about the other Métis in Alberta? Uh, according to the Government of Canada, there's over 100,000 Métis in Alberta. Uh, the Métis Nation of Alberta represents about a third of that. So what about the other two-thirds? Where's their access? Um, if, if you choose or you cannot or you don't want to be part of the Métis Nation, um, what do they get? What's the program? What program is available to them? And who rep- who is representing them? If Parks Canada wants to sign these deals with Indigenous groups, then who, what about all these other Indigenous that are left out in the cold with these groups? Because um, let's be honest, um, like myself and man, many, many others, uh, there's no way that I'll ever have the paperwork to fill out to become a Métis Nation of Alberta member. And I'm not bitter about that whatsoever. Even though I do this podcast, I truly am not bitter about that. I don't, I, I don't, I would not choose to be. Um, but I do wonder about a lot of other people. It's, there's a lot of Métis families out there that are not members of the Métis Nation of Alberta. And it would be nice to see them get access like this to programs and services. So really what this is to me is it's kind of a kick in the teeth to, uh, to Métis people in one way while it's giving out benefits. But what it's doing is creating that division that the government of Canada really loves to see in Indigenous people. We now have... Uh, a two-tiered Métis people, just like we have two-tiered First Nations people. We have First Nations have status and non-status, and now we're going to have, and now we obviously have Métis of status and non-status. And non-status people have a hell of a time accessing uh, programs and services meant for Indigenous people uh, because we don't have a card, so the government doesn't recognize us, and that is just a slap in the face. So to those. Other, uh, you know, sixty to 70,000 Métis in Alberta, um, if you are upset about this, if you want access to this kind of program, uh, send us an email at MétisPodcast at gmail.com because that's how, uh, that's how we're going to get the ball started. But, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, and then on the flip side to that, we're going to move forward with that. At the end of the day, though, this is less about the negotiation skills of the Métis Nation president or anybody involved there. And really, this is a Government of Canada program that they offered. Uh, And let's recognize that for what it is. Uh, We're heading into an election year very, very quickly. And this is going to be a bullet point on a long sheet of paper where the Liberal government is going to talk about all the amazing and wonderful things they've done for uh, Indigenous people. And this is going to be one of those talking points. So let's be very, very clear on exactly what... Uh, this is this is a way to say we're reconciling with indigenous people it's it's funny though because it reminds me of when i do my taxes at the end of the year uh, every year the government the government has convinced us all or most of us that at the end of the year and, and when april comes around and you do your taxes if you get any amount of money back you're just excited i know i am i'm very excited i get all squirrely if I get any money back and uh, feel like I just won the lotto or something, like the government's giving me money, woohoo! But the truth is, is I'm getting a very, very, very tiny, tiny portion of the money that I earned back from them, and it doesn't come back to me without with interest or anything. So it's not like an investment. Um, so the government's convinced me that 
to be all excited about getting money that I earned back from them in just a tiny, tiny little portion of it, like a hair. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about this this access to the national parks is is <laughs> they're, they're, they want indigenous people to be excited about gaining free access to the land that they traditionally had access to. So we've stolen all your land, and now we're going to give you free access to it. You know, you don't have to pay the entry fee anymore. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you for doing such a wonderful, amazing thing. Um, so it's just, <laughs> it struck me as, as as a way for the government to get us all excited about getting our own access to our own lands back. Woohoo! Yay! Um, and the other thing is, is, well, we don't have to pay an entry fee. Does this mean that if we want to have, if uh, First Nations want to have a Sundance on, you know, in Banff National Park, on park territory, is that allowed? Uh, can we put up a sweat lodge in the national parks now and have a sweat? Can we have um, any ceremonies on national parks lands now? So what kind of access does this truly give? Does it give, is it just an entry fee waiver? Like, is that all it is? Is, you know, we don't have to pay 90 bucks a year for an annual pass? Or, like, what is that? Um, and I don't know. It, so th- there is a good, it is a good thing. It's a step, but it's a, it's a, an incrementally small step. Uh, it's a very sliver, very small sliver of, of hope as far as the whole quote unquote reconciliation world exists. Um, and so it, but it, it raises a lot of other questions for me. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's beholden on the government to start offering these programs and services to, people that are outside of these organizations that maybe don't want to be part of these organizations or are, have chosen to be part of other organizations that better represent them. To me, this, by not offering this program to all Métis, um, it, it's kind of a, it's a violation of our charter rights, in my opinion, because I should have the right to freely associate. And what they're saying is, sure, you can freely associate, you just won't get any benefits. We're going to rig the game. So, um... I, I hope if there is other organizations out there that in other provinces and things like that, that they too get these same like access to these same programs and um, and services from the government. Uh, you know, going with the whole idea of reconciliation, I did read an article today uh, that was a very interesting article. And in southern Alberta, for those who are not in Alberta, we have a national park called Waterton National Park. Um and it's down kind of in the, the corner of Alberta, right up, nestled right up against uh, the United States and, and British Columbia. And it, it's a beautiful park, absolutely beautiful. It's like, I always liken it to Banff without the, uh, you know, exploitation. So they've, they've kept the franchises to a minimum. In fact, I don't think franchises are even allowed. Uh, so the very feel of the park is very Ma and Pa. And uh, it's a, it's a much quieter park, uh, and it's absolutely stunningly beautiful down there. Plus, it's so there's some actually some not bad scuba diving down there, which I did. Um, now, I, I believe it was last summer they had some forest fires down there, and they the forest fires cleaned out a lot of the undergrowth. And what they're finding now is that they've it's it's opened up access to um, Blackfoot camps and and Blackfoot uh, trails and and things like that that they never had access to before, I guess. And so uh, they've they brought in archaeologists and they're starting to do uh, archaeological digs and, and, you know, they're coming across stuff that's, that's dating back as far as 7,000 years, um, which is absolutely wonderful news. And 
this story more than the free access or you know no no entry fee to the national parks in Alberta it to me is is a sign of potentially some you know form of reconciliation simply because they do have a blackfoot um archaeologist on site to do and involved in this heavily and i think that in and of itself is more of a sign of of any reconciliation in than a lot of the things i've read you know you can raise a flag you can do these things but when you're when you actually bring in you know archaeologists that are from the the first nations or, or indigenous people of that territory and you bring them in and you work with them and you you ensure that things are done right according to them to me that's a sign of of what reconciliation should be more of um so i was really happy to read that that was that was a great article and i'm very excited to to read you know to read this in a year from now when they've uncovered because i guess they're finding like bison bones and arrowheads um you know parts of old to- stone tools and things like that plus the camps and and the trails and things like that so just an amazing absolutely amazing find um What's interesting, too, about this is it does come on the heels of a federal land claim that has been filed by the Blood Reserve in southern Alberta. Um, and, I, you know, they're claiming that Cardston and Waterton, part of Waterton National Park should be within their reserve boundaries. Um, and when the reserve was drawn out on a map, they were purposely left out. Those boundaries were, were made smaller when it should have been bigger. Um, so after decades and decades of fighting about these boundaries... Uh, federal court in Calgary has agreed to uh, to hear the case, so that's good news. I hope I hope the outcome is positive for um, the Blackfoot of Southern Alberta, and my expectation is very low. Uh, again, I will preface this with my cynical side of me saying I don't think they're going to get the outcome they want. However, if they do get the outcome they want. Uh, that means that they're owed compensation for all of those lands taken from them uh, since Canada formed. And so we're talking 150 years of stolen land compensation, which uh, will, is is absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, Canada's got to pay its debt to people that they stole the land for. So this isn't a payout. It's not a, not a handout. This is hard-earned money, trust me. Um, so it'll be an interesting case. I, I imagine that the decision won't be made for another five years, but, uh, you know, the way that the court system works is so speedy and efficient. Um, but, and so I guess more, you know, the outcome of that case will kind of signal where we are in the, in the light of reconciliation as well. Um, and keeping with that, uh, the other article I did read, I feel like I'm going really fast for everybody, but... Uh, it's it's hard when you're only one person because uh, there's only so much you can talk about things. But keeping with the focus of reconciliation, there was, uh, I don't know if everybody saw this on Facebook, but there was a couple of women who had a interesting conversation where they were calling for uh, shoot an Indian day or purge, as they would were putting it, um, where they think it would be fine to just take a day and slaughter indigenous people, you know, to get rid of those rats. Um, so two women have been arrested after this uh, for uttering threats, uh, public incitement of hatred, and I guess a third arrest is pending. Now, there's several ideas or several thoughts that, that this brings out in me. Um, the first is 
is this really where we are, Canada? I mean, I know this is where we're at. I see it every day. My wife sees this stuff every day. We go through it every single freaking day. But, like, seriously. I mean, I I can't imagine what looking my, my dad in the face and saying this kind of shit. Um, so, where? how do people think this is okay? And why can't we kick those people out? You know, there's all these idiots out there talking about all the immigrants and how they get a free ride. What are these idiots getting? They got more of a free ride than anybody. They were lucky to be born in a country that there's no war. There's nobody bombing your house. There's nobody shooting you constantly with machine guns and tanks. Uh, They're born in a country where they have just about every luxury you can imagine as a, you know, upstanding white citizen of Canada. And and this is the shit that they gotta that they gotta bring out is is social media posts like this. It's garbage. Um, I'd love to see a deportation of these people back to their home country. You know they're they're not they're guests here too. So get rid of them. Get them out of here. I I don't understand why we have to keep these people. And and what's worse about this is um, yeah they've been arrested. Way to go. Woohoo! That's exciting. Um, but I don't have any confidence in that. I mean, after the Bushy case, the Fontaine case, and uh, so many more that I can't even count them, uh, how many cases where actual indigenous people were killed and the courts didn't do anything about it, the legal system didn't do anything about it, and you, you were lucky to even get an arrest in the case, um, what are people with, that are just making threats going to get? They're not going to get anything. What are they going to get? Uh, you know, probation or um, uh, you know, suspended sentence or something like, um, like it's a joke. Um, and so while I'd love to see these two go to jail for whatever it is that the the sentences for these crimes, I have no doubt that a plea agree- agreement will be made and these two will bring it down to uh, you know, community service and time served or whatever. It's a joke, and so I have no confidence in the legal system. Nothing's going to happen to these people. They're going to walk out and just, they're going to probably be even angrier because they had to deal with this shit and and uh, do put some public service or something at the worst. Um, but there's no there's no justice here. So nothing's going to happen to these people. They're going to walk away scot-free. I mean, you can murder an indigenous person to walk away scot-free. So uttering threats against them, I don't think that's going to do anything. Um, so how much can we really expect? And and that's the sad reality of this, of, this, of these kinds of things. Uh, is that, you know, the police look at these things like, oh, well, it's too hard to get an arrest, and, you know, the charges are going to be too hard to stick, so, and, you know, prosecutors and stuff, they're going to look to make a deal, because they're going to, well, you know, these two, this is the first problem, and, you know, though they're good people, they just made a mistake, and, oh, okay, well, we'll forgive them this once. The bottom line is, is these two, these three, or however many racists, are just going to continue to walk around, and they're going to be even more angry because they had to deal with the court system even slightly, and their reputations were besmirched because they were arrested, and it's just absolute garbage. Um, so hey, I say welcome the immigrants and and let's deport these these kinds of idiots. Uh, that that's my thoughts. But uh, yes, that's kind of all I had today. I thought. Um, I I, can't, I really feel like I, I blew through that, but some some big news um, and some some good news as far as you know the Blackfoot um, or the archaeological digs and stuff like that. But um, 
We are hosting an event. Uh, just a reminder that on August 13th, we are hosting an event as well. Uh, and this is a an event that was originally supposed to be a Métis Nation of Alberta Association's Region 3 Candidate Forum, where all candidates, official candidates um, for the Métis Nation of Alberta Association Region 3 could come, and they could answer questions from the members that were there in the audience, not from me, um, from the members in the audience, as to what their plans are, what are their ideas, what do they plan to do, what do they want to do, what do they want to see the nation become, and uh, why should people vote for them, and answer their questions. It was going to be like every other forum that you see in every other real election that happens, uh, whether it's municipal, federal, or provincial, you have candidates that have to go to forums. My wife ran for municipal government here in Calgary, and she went to many forums. And communities would organize these forums and invite the candidates, and you showed up. And those that didn't show up, show up <laughs> were, um, were kind of not looked at very highly during the event. It was looked at as a bit of a slap in the face to people. Now, this event was, that's how all of the other um, candidates in Region 3 have chosen to take this event. I think mostly because it was organized by a non-Métis Nation of Alberta Association member, and partly because it was hosted by the Jig is Up, and we like to call them the cartel. So um, part of me wants to take it as a badge of honor that they refuse to show up, but all of the other candidates refuse to show up. The only one that has any, uh, any um, I would say, spine is Joe Pimlot, who has is more than willing to show up, more than willing to talk to the people there, answer their questions, be open... Um, answer things openly and honestly. And so this has become a conversation with Joe Pimlot, which I'm very happy about. I, I know Joe personally, phenomenal guy. And uh, so I was going to stay very objective, and I was not going to answer or ask a whole lot of questions. I wasn't going to try to sway anybody to vote one way or the other until after our forum. But since how everybody backed out because they're, they don't think it's the, the two... Two of the candidates told me that it wasn't worth their time. Uh, they feel their time would be better spent somewhere else. Even though this could be broadcast to all of the Métis Nation members in Alberta um, to allow them the opportunity to hear what they have to say, it wasn't worth their time. Uh, the other thing was uh, Lawrence Gervais flat out said he was simply not interested and didn't. He, you know, he gave me the impression he didn't really care to talk to people. He's going to win, and that's the impression I was left with. Um, but he, he simply said no. And I said, well, is there any explanation? He said, nope, not interested. So I, I find it very disheartening that um, even though I'm not a member of the Métis Nation of Alberta, even though that this podcast does criticize the Métis Nation of Alberta quite steadily, um, I, any organization that receives public funds, which is taxpayer money, um, my, my, my money does go to fund the MNA. And I think... If you're going to call yourself a government, if you're going to call yourself a nation, then you have to put on the big pants and walk around accepting the fact that there is dissenting voices and there will be critiques and criticisms of what you do and how you do things. And I find it very disheartening that we have people running for an election where they want change, they want change, they're all about change, but they don't want to put on the big pants and buck up and accept the fact that not all Métis are part of the Métis Nation and that, you know, they should show up to stuff like this. What I also find interesting is 
I'm I'm trying to understand why there's no forums organized by the Métis Nation of Alberta then if they don't want to allow anybody else to organize them and they don't want to show up to the, anybody else's. Where's theirs? Where's where's their forums? Where can people go and actually hear these people? Which is why I think it's so important that uh, the Lee Nouvelle is offering to post the campaign information for these candidates. And I really think that if... Uh, if the candidates don't post their their campaigns there, um, and they're not making their campaigns public, and they're not attending these forums, why should people vote for them? And you, we got to stop looking at these elections like it's a private members club, like some sort of private like Calgary Winter Club election. If you're going to run around calling yourself a nation and a government and a democracy then start opening up and being open and honest to your members and to your communities that you have members existing in and other Métis who are not part of your organization. Um, you need to start doing that. So how much open and, uh, openness and accountability can we expect from people that won't attend events because it's the wrong kind of Métis that organized it? I don't care... I, even if I... Okay, let's pretend I'm not Métis at all. I'm just Darcy the white guy. If I want to organize an event where Métis Nation candidates can talk to the Métis Nation people that might vote for them, don't you think that would be worth your time? And I'm going to broadcast it free of charge to the Métis Nation of Alberta for everybody in Canada and in the globe to hear. Don't you, that, That's not worth your time? That's just absolutely dumbfounding to me. Um, so anyway... That event uh, has become a conversation with Joe Pimlot, who uh, I hope everybody votes for, and I hope he wins for wins the presidency for Region 3 because I know for a fact that Joe will have events going on and Joe will bring uh, openness, uh, a lot more openness and transparency to, the, to Region 3. He will bring events. He will bring cultural events. He will bring inclusion. He will bring um, activity, engagement, bringing youth, uh, everything. I mean, this guy. This is a guy that volunteers pretty much seven days a week within his communities, uh, doing something. And uh, you know, he's a busy guy. So I hope everybody can come out to this because I want to get a lot of people to ask him questions and get him answering. Put him on the hot seat. He loves it there. Uh, <laughs> if he doesn't, he can send me an email or or message me and let me know he, he doesn't like to be on the hot seat. But. Uh, I hope you guys put them on the hot seat, and I, I can't wait to get it aired so that everybody can hear exactly what Joe has to say. Um, and I think you're going to be heartily impressed with them. On that note, uh, if you guys, uh, I just want to remind everybody that if you did enjoy the show and you want to get more interviews, you want to get more stories, and you want to, you know, take become a, a patron of the show as far as helping us get to out there to communities a little more, uh, help us get out to things like the 90th annual general meeting. Because I want to remind everybody, everything about this podcast is uh, is on mine. I don't get paid by, I don't get a government grant. I don't get paid by the Métis Nation of Alberta. I don't get paid by any organization out there. I don't get paid by anybody to do this. And so the only re way we can get out to communities and, and bring in more stories is uh, through our Patreon page. And we've simplified it down to just a $5 monthly pledge and that we are working on getting a, a consistent and steady uh, exclusive content for our patrons only. 
Um, I'm bringing I'm working on some video aspects and things like that. So, uh, but all of that technology and all that stuff, uh, is, is, uh, it takes time and it takes, uh, takes some work. So we're working on that and I hope to bring that out here soon. Um, but if you are interested in becoming a patron, just head to our patron page, which is in the link, will be in the link for the show and you can pledge five bucks a month and that helps us out in a huge way. It not only helps cover the cost of the show, which um, there is some cost to the show, but uh, it helps us get out to communities. And I really, really want to get out there, and I want to start hitting the road. Um, I've set up all my gear so that it's completely mobile, and I want to get out there on the road and get out to communities and talk to elders, talk to you know knowledge keepers, talk to people that have a story to tell in those communities, talk to people that are outraged by their local governments or their local representatives, talk to people that are happy with their locals. Um, you know, all those kinds of things. I want to get out to more Métis events where I can talk to the people organizing the event, talk to the people that are taking part in the event, and and really get you guys some, some interesting stories. And uh, so, yeah, everything you do on the Patreon page, every pledge of $5 helps. It also helps us keep us free and independent. It helps keeps us, um, and I mean free as in we're not beholden to anybody, uh, independent from any outside influence. It also keeps us advertisement-free, and, uh, you know, it brings the community together. Uh, so it's really, would be really appreciated if you headed over to our Patreon page. Uh, this is normally where I ask Jason for any, if he has any final thoughts, and I'll just, uh, I'll say what he usually says. No, I think I've ranted long enough. And that is how I feel right now. I think I've ranted long enough. So um, stay tuned to our, our Facebook and our YouTube channel, Keeping It Real. And all of our social media, we I'm trying to get more active on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, and trying to get more stories and things posted, and, and I'm trying to get a little more active on there. So stay tuned for that. I'm hoping to bring some more live videos to the Facebook page. And But until next Tuesday, uh, I want everybody to have a great week. Thanks for listening. And until then, the jig is up. You are the spark that's starting a fire that will spread across this land. And it will be a fire that doesn't burn, but a fire that cleanses. A fire that ignites in our hearts and creates light. No more living in darkness. Our time is...